Welcome, welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And live. we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> <laughs> so gentle. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. It's good to be here. I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-hosts. Josh Pinnell, Daniel Lopez. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. It's going very well. Thank you, Alex. I honestly wish that this podcast was not in radio form because the listener is missing out on seeing your outfits. Shirt and tie. Shirt and tie for the radio show. Well, let me ask you something, Alex. Have you ever seen Larry King live and he's not wearing suspenders and a tie? I haven't seen it one time, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. But Larry King Live's not doing not doing radio, man. We're 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 we are doing a whole this is a whole different game, whole different skill set. Let me t- let me yeah. ask you something, Joshua. Do you think that James Dobson goes to the good old radio station in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in a T-shirt and jeans to record Adventures in Odyssey? Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I don't know. No one knows. I postulate that he doesn't. That's that's the beauty of radio. It's only airwaves. Do you think Donald Trump wakes up in the morning, Josh, and goes to sign executive orders in a t-shirt and jeans? Dude, no. You know why? Because there's cameras. <laughs> when, Dude, when he I'll... gets up in the morning, when Donald Trump gets up in the morning and he decides to sign 50 executive orders his first day in office, you know what? Of course, he's, this is a big event. Dude, there's just a lot of controversy here. I want to address <laughs> it. I want to address the controversy. There's no way that Donald Trump owns a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. He, no, owns, he owns a pair of chinos from his like rebellious days. From his college days. <laughs> yeah. And, like, what are these doing? Melania, I thought I told you to throw these away. Okay, Alex, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, here's the, the setting. Donald Trump, Donald President Donald J. Trump is going to have a casual night. He's going to do his favorite thing, whether it's reading a book listening to the exchange podcast or what have you watching Bill O'Reilly on Fox news, no, whatever it looks like, whatever relaxing a relaxing evening for a Donald J. Trump looks like Alex, what is that man wearing? Dude, that man is wearing a red pure silk robe with felt slippers and a gold chain around his neck. Yep. <laughs> on the left <laughs> slipper, it says the, and on the right slipper, it says Donald. Yes. Oh, yeah. Alex, is he wearing, besides the gold chain, is he wearing... Is he, <laughs> Do you want to know what's under that robe? <laughs> 250 pounds of good old tanned skin, my friend. Nothing. You, know, you already know the answer to that question, Josh. There's nothing under that robe. Search your heart. Search your feelings. Oh. You know exactly what's going on in the room. And he's got a glass. He's got a, a tumbler of pure crystal, and he's got a very refined old scotch with two ice cubes that don't melt. That are ch- that are chiseled. That are his face chiseled. He's sitting there in that robe with his cell phone on Twitter. Oh yeah, that's no, that, so that, true. That- he loves Twitter. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's for sure. But no one just does Twitter. No, no. one just does Twitter. Yes, he does. There's no there's no way you tweet as frequently as that man does that you don't have set aside Twitter time. Dude, and with the things that he says, you know he's actually the one tweeting these things. Yeah, he's actually like, he's not paying anyone for that. He's tweeting his own freaking. No, I, I agree, but I think there's something going on in the background. I think I think he's either got something going on. You know what he's doing, man? He's watching reruns of The Apprentice. <laughs> like Molly is really good at that. This season, this season's the best. This season's the best. He's like in the White House theater room right now, oh, recapping The Apprentice. It's it's on a loop, man. Boys, we have wandered to and fro. <laughs> okay, let's get to the let's get to the topic. Let's get to the topic. Speaking of derailed, speaking of derailed, I have noticed a a lot of criticism being leveled against the millennial generation by an older generation. Is it warranted? I want to get you guys' thoughts on generational tension as a whole. Josh, I'm going to go to you first. A couple thoughts come to mind. First of all, the first thing that comes to mind is an event. So I'm working, I'm at the cash register, checking someone out, and uh, there's this millennial couple that I'm checking out, and then the guy to my left is also checking out a millennial couple. The lady of the couple to my left says, you know what we're going to do today? First thing we're going to do, get the dog fixed. After we get the dog fixed, we're getting him fixed. The couple in front of me, the girl looks at the guy and she goes, that's a great idea. And the guy goes, yes. These guys are in their mid-20s. Like, that's incredibly selfish. I also think... Like, as a millennial myself, I've heard so many people tell me what millennials are like in, like, public speaking settings, you know, telling me what I'm like. It's just not helpful. Like, what if I went to a nursing home and I was like, I've been doing research on you guys. Here's what I found. 90% of you guys, kidney failure. <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> like things like that, yeah, like like that that does not connect me to my audience in the least. Like if anything, it tells me that I'm different than my audience. It's accomplishing the opposite of its purpose. So, yeah. those are my initial two thoughts, man. I'll kind of kind of pass it on from there. Yeah, um, you know, I've it's always funny, man. Like I've I've had those similar experiences where somebody will be griping about millennials to me, and they'll be like, "These dang millennials, man." They're lazy. They don't have any work ethic. They waste money. And I'll be like, you know what? You're speaking to millennial, right? Like, you know that I am a millennial. And you just, like, insulted me. <laughs> like, it, it, like, contrasting who? Contrasting them in their 50s? Okay, yeah. Millennials probably don't know how the world works. Contrasting them in their 20s? Mm, yeah. Maybe it's about the same. Yeah, that's a good point. Daniel, let's let's get your initial thoughts, buddy. Hold on. For the record, a cardigan has been added to the outfit, and it looks dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Alex, you know, I would venture to say that a lot of the criticisms that are put forth are true. I agree. I what agree. I think through, though, is that every every generation in the history of mankind will have its own pluses and minuses. What I don't appreciate about 
critic generational criticism both ways, Alex. You know, even people who criticize our parents' generation is the lack of appreciation or the lack of okay, here's the criticism. How do we move past that? How do we build something constructive? What are the what are the things that are good about this generation? And how can we help them where they're not good? And to that I would suggest a gentleman by the name of Simon Sinek. That's S-I-M-O-N, Simon, and then S-I-N-E-C-K, Simon Sinek. And he wrote a book called Start With Why. And Simon Sinek explains that, yes, a lot of millennials do seem lazy, unproductive, um, without goals or plans or, you know, career steps. But he also comes back and says, well, while that is true, there is a majority of them, and he, you know, he posits a lot of research saying there's a majority of them that aren't motivated to be that way because they're not motivated by money. So it's not that they're lazy. They also value experience more than they value big numbers in their bank account. Yeah. So that's why you see them taking trips, you know, backpacking through Europe. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just a different set of values. I will say the one positive thing about our parents' generation was their grittiness. They did to them their job wasn't something that they were supposed to like. To them they just worked intense hours just to make just to provide for their families and they were always motivated by that. And I think that's that's great. Um, I think a plus about the millennial generation that a lot of people don't talk about is that because we're a lot more open minded per se, I think we tend to be a lot more compassionate or nice towards people. So I had this conversation with my manager, actually, who's not a millennial. And we discussed how 10 out of 10 times, if someone is rude, they're always over a certain age. But millennials are very, very kind. And I appreciate that about them. Yeah, good thoughts. I think I think one phenomenon that just has to be accepted, that the older generation is always going to not understand the younger generation. And then the younger generation is always going to look at the older generation as outdated and not valuable. If you guys could give advice to the older generation of how to deal with millennials, what would you say? Josh, go to, I'll go to you first, buddy. If someone asked me that question, I would say you're asking the wrong question. It's not about all of us in general. It's about us as individuals. Some timeless advice. Dana, what about you? I don't think... I don't think I agree with Josh, but to answer the question, I don't. You have to agree with me, Daniel. (laughs) Catch me outside. How about that? Oh, my God. (laughs) I just saw that for the first time. I would just say try to figure out what that person cares about. Instead of offering criticism, Timothy and Titus talk about is commending wisdom. Yeah. So don't just say, "Oh, here's what's wrong with your with your generation." Be like, "Wow, your generation really cares about this." Like, here's a like, here's some opportunities that you can, you know, be a part of. I would say realize that they didn't pull this out of a vacuum; they got it from somebody. Got to blame it on someone. I am like in society, dude. One of my favorite Michael Scott quotes <laughs> is. Uh, he said something like, uh, it's not my fault society made me this way. <laughs> and, and Jim says, and Jim says, man, you can't keep blaming on society. <laughs> and Michael says, well, you know what, Jim? 
if I keep blaming on society, then society did that to me. <laughs> and Jim, Jim's just like, mm, fair point. Fair point, Michael. All right. Speaking of speaking of generational lines and just division, uh, there's an interesting article that Josh shared. Um, let me read the headline. Vatican. Catholics now recognize Martin Luther as a witness to the gospel. Clearly a, a very controversial article. So, guys, well, I want to get your thoughts on this. I went to Josh first last time. Let me go to Daniel first on this one. Going against the prior judgment of the church and calling Martin Luther a heretic, saying now that he was a witness to the gospel. If you know who Pope Francis is, this should come of no surprise. There's a story of uh, when he worked in South America and a lady, and this is obviously, this is him in his 40s. So this is well beyond before he was a pope. And he and this lady said, oh, the evangelicals keep coming in and like they keep building their church and blah, blah. And he says to her, sister, do not blame the Protestants. They're working for the same kingdom that we are. Mm. And I thought that was such a profound quote. Now, is that how the story really went? I don't know. Could have been made up. But it does, like, support his ideas of the Protestant churches. I think it's fantastic. Josh, what about you, buddy? Oh, I couldn't disagree more. Well, okay, so I think it's terrible on one end, but on another end, I'm intrigued to see what happens. So I think it's terrible that he's blurring lines. So, like, he, he talks about ecumenical unity. Why would you even use the word ecumenical to describe Lutherans? I think he talks about how Luther tried to create, he didn't try to create division in the church. Like, did, did Leo think that? I don't think he did. Did Luther think that? He wrote 95 reasons the Pope was wrong. Also, I want to know what part of what Luther said is a testimony to the gospel. Is him calling the Pope the Antichrist a testimony to the gospel? No, he says that he says that Martin Luther's writings on justification are in conformant with biblical doctrine. So he believes in justification by faith alone? That's like, what he says. That's the quote. With, with the Protestant definition of that, not the Catholic definition of that? Yeah, so here's the thing, man. This article in this this recent uh, statement by Pope Francis could either be really, really good, as in Pope Francis is adopting Luther's theology, or it could be really, really bad in saying Pope Francis is, he's a relativist. Because the theology of the church and the theology of Luther on justification are completely at odds. And for him to go against Trent, he's either saying, A, Luther's a witness to the gospel and the church wasn't back then. Mm. Or he's saying that they both are, which would require him to be a relativist. Dude, good thoughts, man. For Francis to say that Luther's gospel, that Luther was a witness to the gospel, what he has to accept is justification by faith alone and Christ alone. He has to, by grace alone. He has to accept those things. And if he's accepting those things, he has to he has to accept sola scriptura. He has to because the teachings of the church differ from that. If he's accepting sola scriptura, he's not a Catholic. He doesn't believe in two forms of revelation, tradition, and scripture. So if he's doing that, then then he's yeah he's a Protestant. He's a he's reformed. He's not a Catholic, and he's not there. 
which is where I'm confused. And 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 if he was there, then his statement doesn't have any. I think I you know this is just so complicated. He believes that Protestants are just as justified as somebody in the Catholic Church. You know, which if he's doing that goes through the rights. If, if he's doing that, man, I just don't understand how any theologically informed Catholic cannot just leave the Catholic Church because he's going against Trent. I'm I'm very excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to I'm excited uh, to see if if any Catholics just renounce renounce their faith because of this because he is he's literally contrasting a form of revelation which is tradition in doing this. Like if I was a Catholic, I would be so confused. Luther's teachings were bad yesterday, but today they're good. Were we wrong to burn him at the Diet of Worms? Like, there's so many questions now that this just opens up. Yeah, I think he's a relativist. I'd have to agree with Alex. I mean, a lot of his work in South America was done during revolutions. Liberation theology was really big in South America back then. Yeah, and big motor and the big segue from liberation theology into any sort of like democratic rule in those churches was going into postmodern like postmodernist theology from his own sermons from what he says on TV seems to indicate that that really influenced his writing so him being a relativist to me seems very consistent with the kind of theology that came out of South America during that time any last thoughts on this one boys i just it's another example of the pope being antichrist like Luther was right, the Westminster Confession was right. He is denying truth. He's denying the gospel. Um, How is he denying the gospel? He's saying that the gospel of the Lutheran Church is the same as the gospel of the Catholic Church. Yeah, there's two different there's two different views of justification. I don't think he's saying that they're the same. I think he's saying that they're equal. Yeah. There's no common bond. There's no common justification. No. And if you and if you believe in Luther's justification, if you think Luther's justification is legitimate, do you believe Luther's imputation is legitimate? Because that's in, mm-hmm. that's I do his justification so much. And if you believe that, then you can't believe in infused righteousness, which is essential to everything the Catholic Church believes in for justification. I mean, also propitiation, yeah, dude, wrath yeah. paid for, which is where I say we don't believe in the same Jesus. Right. I believe in a Jesus who died for the sins of his people who intercedes for them, and who actually saves them. This is why I come back to him being a relativist, because he's not saying that they're the same. He's saying that they're different, but they're both equal. Yeah. It's too, it's the it's the country road and the highway. But you right. Can get to the same place on both skates. Good thoughts, boys. All right, let's go to a lighter topic. Uh, you could say it's a topic of the light side, um, not so much a topic of the dark side. Boys... The the, yeah. the name of the next Star Wars movie has been released, and I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you as someone who has not yet seen Rogue One. What? No. Uh, I have neither seen Rogue One. Oh my gosh, you guys, that's terrible. I have I have tried to go to see Rogue One. I have also tried three, three times, and each not time yet. my plans have been thwarted by. Mm-hmm. Same. More important things. If there, let's if there call him by his name, dude. Okay, let's you know make what? him. I was afraid to say it because I want. I didn't want to name it, but yeah, Satan prevented Satan. me. 
like Paul going to uh, Rome. I going... tried, but I've been prevented up until this mm-hmm. point. Mm. Uh, all right. Title of the next Star Wars movie is The Last Jedi. Wow. Uh, Guess we're canceling movie nine. This is not happening. Let's get first thoughts that came to your mind when you read the title. Uh, I think it's Josh's turn to go first. Josh. So immediately my mind was drawn to that scene in Return of the Jedi when Yoda is dying and he looks at Luke and he says, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be. So they're clearly drawing from that scene to make the title of this movie. They're talking about Luke Skywalker. The crawl opening crawl in episode 7 refers to Luke as the last Jedi. It's not Rey... It's not Kyle. It's not. It's the Luke is the last Jedi. The question is, is he the last Jedi up until the end of the movie? Like, is he presented as like this is the last Jedi and like kind of like Yoda was, right? Like, this is the last Jedi. You have to learn from him, or are all the Jedi gone once the movie ends because Luke dies? Here's what I will say. Definitely agree with Josh. When I heard the title "The Last Jedi," I did not think of Ray. I thought of Luke immediately. Immediately, just the way that they built the narrative, you can't help but think of anyone else being the last Jedi. But, but because the trilogies are cyclical, the master always dies before a next Jedi must be born. There is death and labor for the Jedi. So, like Obi Wan had to die in order for Luke to be authenticated as a Jedi. So, here's what I think will happen. Same with Qui-Gon. Here's what I believe will happen. I don't know if Rey is going to be the next one, or somebody else, whoever it is. Luke is not technically the last Jedi, but he will pass away in this next film. Dude, you That's, That's what I'm postulating. You you want me to tell you what I you want me to tell you what I hope happens? Yeah, I hope that we see the last Jedi, meaning that the light side is just completely gone. Oh okay. man! Because so here's my reasoning. Okay, the whole Star Wars movie is this yin yang with the Force. It wants to be brought into balance, back and forth, and like that. The whole conflict with the Chosen One is the Force wants to be brought back into the ba- into balance. So this is what I want to see. I want to see Ray discover that you can use the Force as a unit. You don't have to choose one side or the other. So Luke is the last Jedi because Ray is going to learn that you can balance the Force in an individual. Yeah, there there is there is a place for that in the mythos. I mean, it's not canon anymore because. Disney abolished his canon, but there were gray Jedi's, as in yes, not light, not dark. Yes. Okay, so here are my thoughts. He's definitely talking about Luke. I'm intrigued by the Ray being being a great a gray Force user. What What's also interesting about Yoda's thoughts, which that was on point, Josh, that he he both agreed that Luke was the last Jedi, 
but he also looked forward to the time when there would be another one. When Luke takes off in the ship and Obi-Wan and Yoda are talking, and he goes, no, there's another. Speaking... Yeah, but the reason that Luke basically went and hid in a cave was because he thought it was supposed to be his nephew. Dude, I think Luke thought it was Leia, man. I think he thought it was Leia. Nah, man, what? He trained the... He trained the guy. Right, no, no, no. We're talking in the initial moment. Luke We're talking before he, Kylo Ren was born. Before Kylo about. Ren, man. Yeah. Like, Luke, his Luke his was, conversation with Leia on the, on the bridge was indicative that he thought Leia was Force-sensitive, which this he was is, right. She is Force-sensitive. I don't know if she's a Jedi, but she... Force-sensitive? Yeah. <laughs> That's like a Tinder page description. Like, no, yeah, man. And I'm slightly Force-sensitive. <laughs> 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 no, this is what Luke is picturing, man. Luke is picturing Leia swinging from those vines, jumping on his back, lifting up her crashed X-wing. Oh my goodness! Luke's picturing he's himself like, with a cane, running around a forest, talking like a crazy man. That's what he's picturing in that moment. I was very disappointed with the, not very disappointed, but I was kind of unimpressed with the character of Kylo Ren, to be honest. Really? Wow! Because there's, because there's room for development now. It's, it's Dude, like, I I am all about Kylo Ren, man. Okay, look what Disney did with the character of Darth Vader. How good? Oh, you didn't see? You haven't seen Rogue One? I won't give anything away, but they added the character significantly, and I would say made him a lot better. He was really dark, and he was probably scarier than I've ever seen him before in Rogue One. So. With that being said, I think that they know how to make a good villain. I think they can do that with Kylo Ren. They're just starting him out as as a whiny Skywalker. All the Skywalkers were whiny. He has Skywalker blood in him. He's going to turn into a Dark Lord eventually. Dude, Kylo Ren is like, if you give a young person just an incredible amount of power, it's just going to, he he's way too powerful for his own good. And he's unhinged. And they portrayed that perfectly. Yeah, but the, the bad guy in this movie, there is no Imperial Order that has taken over the whole u- universe again. Like, what What are the Rebels fighting for? <clears throat> I do have to say, this is a weakness of Episode 7, guys. Like, there's no established order for the Resistance. Yeah, it's the Cowboy Days. Because, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. They don't destroy planets until, like, halfway through the movie. So who are they fight- Who are they resisting? Exactly. I think that's a weakness of this one. Of like course. in episode four, in episode four, you immediately are introduced to the galact- the galactic empire, which feels yes. and oppressive, and they're destroying a planet. Like you, you know, there's a defined bad guy. You know why they're resisting. The resistance is they're just like a bunch of pilots who are killing stormtroopers for one reason or another. And maybe this is the direction that they want to take it with what Josh says about raving gray which rhymes you know not having a set like mission what's going on like who runs the galaxy like everyone's just kind of shooting at each other but like for no reason just because they don't like each other my only question is that star wars the episodes are very cyclical like even the prequels as much as i don't like the prequels they line up with the original series yes Three and six are the same story, just in reverse. When I heard The Last Jedi, I thought of The Return of the Jedi. It seems like it should be the capstone of the trilogy, and I'm a little confused 
as to why it's the name of the second episode. Before we came on, Josh did admit to me that he thought that Snoke was Jar Jar Binks. Uh, take that for what it's worth. That's what Josh said. Dude, um, my brother. My is brother your brother has... this Jar Jar Binks Dark Sith thing? Uh, he's on it a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, says the guy who thinks the moon landing oh. is fake, Josh. Come on. <laughs> talk about conspiracy Here's what Zach thinks. I, I'm pretty sure he's, we've talked a lot about it recently. He thinks that that was George Lucas's original intention. But then after the first movie, after there was no popularity with Jar Jar Binks, he dropped it. So he thinks when he wrote the first movie, he had the intentions of Jar Jar being the, being the main villain. Um, but, <laughs> but decided to abandon ship. Hey, does, does Zach listen to this podcast? I don't know. I mean, everybody listens to this podcast, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've already established that Donald Trump listens to this podcast, so I probably shouldn't bad Yeah. Him. Yeah. It, it can, it's reason. It, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Zach's, a smart, Zach's a smart guy. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with tag, it. So tag him in this podcast. Like, tag him as part of the title, maybe, or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does listen. Zach think about Jar Jar Banks? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the title of the whole episode. Oh, boys. Hey, guys. Hey, I think we've given enough in this episode. Good night and good luck.